Melissa Bonzak, author of the June Nash Adventure Series. And when I'm not writing, I'm reading. I started this show to rave about new discoveries, chat with indie and small publishing house authors, and occasionally share from my works in progress. This is Books Cubed, interviews, raves, and reads. Good adventures, everybody. Welcome to episode 12 of Books Cubed. And I have a great show today. I have Carrie Pack talking about her Christmas horror story, The Lights. It's fantastic. Before I get to that, I want to, let's see, I got to stop touching the computer because I'm making it wiggle. If you're watching this, if you're watching this on video, sorry about that. Um, I want to take a peek at um, comments from uh, the last show, which was with um, Lori Drake talking about her book, um, Early Graves, The Ballroom Dancing Werewolves. So Amy McKenna commented and said, great interview. I have a poster of Wonder Woman above my desk. I have the Wonder Woman doll on my kitchen uh, little window there. So when I wash dishes, I'm looking at Wonder Woman. So I love Wonder Woman. And then on the podcast, over on the podcast version, um, C-I-Z-N-K-U said, Melissa, I love listening to your interviews. Hearing about indie authors and how their stories come to life is a great way to start my morning. Can't wait to hear about the Christmas horror story. And you are in luck because that's today's episode. Carrie Pack will be talking about her Christmas horror story in just a moment here. Uh, we had a drawing in last week's episode that um, if you commented, you could win a copy of um, Lori Drake's book. Uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Early Grave. <laughs> Graves? Grave. I am terrible with names. I'm so sorry. It's a very good book, though. Uh, uh, anyway, so Anna was the winner. So um, I have sent her a message. But if you're listening, Anna, go ahead and, and uh, contact me. Uh, check on YouTube, and I've told you how to contact me. And um, let's just jump right into the interview with Carrie Pack, and I'll see you after. And good adventures, everybody. I am here with Carrie Pack, and she was on an earlier episode, and I can't remember what number it was, but I'll have it in the show notes. And she talked about her LGBT time travel uh, romance, which is really good, and you really need to read it. So those links will be in the show notes. But today, Carrie is talking about her horror Christmas story, which was fantastic. And uh, I'm going to, yes, the lights. I'm going to have her read an excerpt, and then we're going to talk about it. So welcome, Carrie. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, I'm going to actually read from chapter two, because this is when it starts to get a little creepy. So I thought I'd go with this scene. <clears throat> we still had another week of school left before break, but something was making me unsettled, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Chelsea and I had big plans, sitting on the couch in our PJs, eating junk food and watching 90s teen movies and cheesy Christmas rom-coms. So I should have been excited. Two whole weeks without homework or teachers or tests and absolutely no burpees or running laps. But I couldn't shake this eerie feeling that something was horrifically wrong. It didn't help that Roger was still being a pain in the ass. He'd been acting weird since the processional. I'd find him standing in his bedroom door, staring off into the distance or sitting in front of a blank TV screen for hours at a time. On Wednesday, he was sitting on my bed in the dark when I came home from practice. 
Holy shit, Roger, I screamed as I turned on the lights. I clutched my hand to my chest. You scared the crap out of me. My heart beat faster than it had on the track that afternoon. What are you doing in here? Roger stared at me, but didn't speak. Roger? He blinked, but said nothing. I inched closer, gently laying my gym bag on the floor at my feet. Are you okay? Are, are you sick? Still, nothing. I took a couple steps toward him. Want me to get mom? It's time, he said. His eyes were glassy and dark. My room suddenly felt cold and unfamiliar. Shakily, I pointed toward the door. Get out of my room. Roger didn't move. Panic pinched tightly in my middle. Get out, I yelled through clenched teeth. Roger slowly rose and walked toward me. I stepped to the side and held my breath. He walked silently into the hallway. I exhaled. Roger paused and glanced back at me. It's time, he muttered, almost as if he were speaking to himself. I slammed the door and tried to calm my racing heart. I didn't come out of my room again that night. On Friday, Roger came home from school with a brutal headache. I overheard mom on the phone saying he was the 15th kid in his school to come down with one in the last two days, the fourth just in his class. First, it was Dominic Walker, then Danny Evans, and Charity Robideau, now Roger. It's probably just something going around, she said, but I thought you'd like to know since he and Braden were at practice together the other day. Braden Watson was a kid on Roger's basketball team that was homeschooled. His mom was a germaphobe, constantly sanitizing everything. She demanded that the parents call her whenever any of the kids on the team were sick. Yeah, I will. Thanks. You too. Bye. She hung up and grabbed a bottle of Tylenol, then immediately put Roger to bed, just like the school nurse had suggested. Then she called Dr. Rodriguez and made an appointment for the next day. After she hung up the second time, I asked, what's wrong with him? Oh, it's probably just the flu. Nothing to worry about, sweetie. She kissed me on the forehead. Just wash your hands a lot and try to keep your distance for a few days, okay? Yeah, no problem. Keeping my distance was the easy part. I already had been, thanks to Roger's near catatonic state. Maybe he really was sick. That certainly would explain all his weird behavior. That afternoon, though, Roger seemed restless. He came downstairs at least half a dozen times. Are you thirsty, honey? Mom gave him some juice and sent him back upstairs. Then 20 minutes later, how about a popsicle? Mom plopped a grape one between his tiny fingers and sent him on his way. By the third time, her patience was wearing thin. Back to bed, mister. You need rest. And she shuttled him back to his room. The next time he appeared, Mom felt his forehead. No fever, she furrowed her brow. How's your headache? But he didn't answer, so she shooed him back upstairs. The last time he appeared, she simply said, go back to bed, Raj. It was quiet while we ate dinner. Mom checked on Roger, then she and Dad went upstairs to watch TV. The volume was so loud I could hear it in my room, so I stayed downstairs to do my homework. Around 7.30, while trudging through my pre-calculus problems, I heard the first scream. I chalked it up to dumb kids in the neighborhood. It had snowed the night before, and snowball fights weren't uncommon this time of year. About 20 minutes later, I heard another scream. This time it was louder, more terrified. It was coming from next door. But the Van Adders had no kids. Fucking assholes, I muttered. How could they bother Jim and Beverly? They were the, literally the nicest people in the neighborhood. I went to the patio door and flipped on the lights. Our backyard was awash in brightness, but I couldn't see much beyond the swing set Dad had built for me when I was Roger's age. I pressed myself up against the glass and squinted to try to see into the Van Adder's backyard. It was pitch black. That was odd. Usually they left their lights on until they went to bed around 11. As I watched, the screaming continued, but I was too paralyzed with fear to investigate. I pulled out my phone and began to dial 911, but I didn't hit send. I held my breath with my thumb over the button, waiting for a sign that told me it was okay to panic. 
and that's when I saw her. A little girl with two perfect dark braids framing her face stood as still as a statue in front of the swing set. I exhaled a shaky breath and waited for her to do something. As I studied the girl, I noticed her fuchsia dress and pale face were flecked with what looked like paint. Her gaze was fixed on the Van Adder's house, but she still hadn't moved. Her bare feet were covered in mud up to her ankles. She had to be freezing. I reached for the door to open it. Perhaps she had been the one screaming. And then I saw it. In her right hand, she gripped a large kitchen knife that wasn't paint on her dress. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> ah, that's great. So um, I got to say, am I, I got to ask, I guess, am I totally sick that I absolutely loved the first murder scene when, when they discover it and one of the bodies, the way it's found, I, I don't want to save it because I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I think it's the only one found indoors in that first murder, murder scene. Mm -hmm. okay. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, the way it's found, I just absolutely loved it. And my husband and I were at breakfast and we were at Denny's and <laughs> stuff. And I started to read it out loud to him and I stopped myself because there were all these people around us. And I thought, and everybody was eating food and, and my husband was eating and I knew he would be mad at me. So I didn't. But, um, but I absolutely, absolutely loved that, that murder scene. So um, how, how did you come up with that, that Christmas lights are, 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 the lights get turned on and the, and the murders begin. What's, what's the line? I absolutely loved it. And then the uh, murders began. Yeah, it says at first they were beautiful, then the killings began. That's great. Anything that has, then the killings began is something yeah. that I want to read. Definitely. So <laughs> where did this come from? Well, two things. One, um, uh, the town I live in, in St. Augustine, Florida, uh, has a uh, what they call Nights of Lights, which is just like the Festival of Lights that I've included in the book. And um, it's where they basically cover the entire historic district uh, in white Christmas lights. It's actually really beautiful. Um, but one of the things the last few years, and this hasn't happened for ours yet, they're still using the yellow um, white, the yellow white lights, not the blue, like um, the blue white LED lights. But I don't like LED lights. They look they hurt my eyes, especially the blue ones, like the real blue ones, like the cobalt blue. And so it kind of was like a mashup of that. Like, what if those Christmas lights were like possessing you? And that's why they hurt my eyes. I don't know. I, I have a sick, sick mind. I watch a lot of true crime and um, I am obs I'm obsessed with anything murdery or serial killery. So I just, I think it probably came from that more than anything else because the, the Nights of Lights here is lovely it's absolutely lovely and uh, I, there are no murdery children so I don't want to I don't want like St. Augustine's like tourism board or something coming after me and being like she said there were murdery kids no no murdery kids that I know of yeah and and it's uh it's funny because I was in St. Augustine for the lights being turned on I went up to visit Carrie um, and, and my editor lives in in St. Augustine so Thankfully, I had not read this book before <laughs> I was, because I was in the festival, in the, the square, packed with people. There's the Christmas tree way up ahead, and I was standing on tippy toes trying to see it, just like the girl in the book is trying to see it. Yep. And, and then the lights were all turned on, and we were all taking video of it, and there's all these little kids around. So if I had read this first, I think I would have been really creeped out. And yeah, it's, it's very small, small town, Mayberry feel to St. Augustine and it's right in the, the college is right there. And it's, um, if wow. you ever can 
can go to St. Augustine. I highly recommend it. It's, um, oh, I'll put some, some links in the show notes to the town so you can, you can, there might, are there any, um, when I lived in Key West, we had, um, uh, dedicated, uh, video streams where you could click on them and then watch like my brother-in-law watching when I eat breakfast one day at Schooner Wharf. I don't know if they have that, but uh, one of the local TV stations, uh, which I think is channel four out of Jacksonville has a camera on one of the towers on the college, which is one of the tallest buildings in town. And I should be able, you should be able to see them from that. So channel four. I'll see if I can find it and I'll put it in the show notes yeah. if I can. And if you don't see it, it means I forgot to put it in or I couldn't find it. So do you know, do you want to know the real creepy thing though? So, you know, I wrote in there, our our town does not have a candlelight processional leading up to this. You were you were at the the flipping of the switch. It literally is just everyone gathers, they turn on the lights, and that's it. Um but, and well, I mean, the mayor gives a little speech or whatever, whoever it is, and um, that's it. But in my, in the book, I write in that they do this candlelight processional singing Christmas carols to the square, and then they flip the switch. This year, now, not, not the night of the, the lights coming on, but like, I think it was this weekend or something, or maybe it might be later this week, they're doing a candlelight carol singing processional. And I was like, no! You need to be in the square with a little table selling your books. <laughs> I know, I know. Be like, here, if this bothers you, it's nice and creepy. Um, yeah, I, um, <laughs> uh, you know, hey, I don't know that anyone would be into it. It's kind of a, it's kind of a tough sell. You know, people are like all about the Hallmark movies. So what I've been telling people is like, it's a nice palate cleanser for in-between Hallmark movies, you know? It's a short little read. It's a quick read. It's an inexpensive read. But, yeah, it is great. Um, and, and I think it took me just a couple of days. I, I tend to, I read, I've really gotten into reading on my Kindle. So I have my phone, I'm walking into walls because I'm just, you know, everybody else is on Facebook, whatever, but I'm on my Kindle reading. Right, right. Um, so uh, I, I think I read it in like maybe two days, maybe, you know, um, it's, it's, a, it's a very fast read and, and I didn't want to put it down. It, it was fun. And I wanted to see, wanted to know what was going to happen? I was really so worried about so many of the different characters. And I kept emailing Carrie, oh my God, I'm worried about so-and-so. Oh my God, I'm worried about so-and-so. I, I tried to balance it out because I, I don't, um, it's, it's technically young adults, so I didn't want to make it too, too grim. Um, although, you know, there is a whole, there is a whole YA horror genre. So, um, but I, I definitely um, kind of keep it, uh, there's a couple of spots where you're not really quite sure uh, who's who's going out or not, and uh, you know. And the ending, twists. the ending was just the ending was really good. Thank you. Know, you. I've you yeah. know it's a little it's a little it leaves kind of some things open ended. I don't really answer a lot of questions. So if you're looking for answers as to why this town is creepy, you're probably not going to get full answers. Um, but I answer enough to kind of make the, the wheels in your mind turn a little bit and wonder. Yeah, and, and, and maybe you know, open a little bit for later stuff. Yeah, and it's better not to have everything answered. Yeah, because how is a 16-year-old going to figure that out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and as a reader, I like some things left in the air. So that when I put the book down, I'm still thinking about the book and thinking, what about this and what about that? And, and we can go back to this and we can revisit that. And, and, you know, there's so many things still going. And if everything is answered, I tend to not think about the book again. You know, my most favorite right. books are the ones that leave things hanging, not major things, but yeah. just enough things. So you, you admit, you know, you have left some things hanging. Do you think you'll revisit this 
theme. I, you know, I, I'll never say never. I think kind of, I follow where the inspiration leads me always. And um, if I got inspired to tackle it again, you know, obviously the, the you, you know, since you read it, the reasoning I give for why the, this is happening does leave it open to me being able to come back and revisit it. So yes, yes, I get um, chills. Yeah. I like, I like that. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, again, I, I didn't want it to, you know, enough is answered that I think, you know, the reader and the kids in the novel are going to know what, uh, why, not why it's happening, but what is happening and why it's happening the way it is. And, and so I think that's enough. And, and, and again, it's open-ended enough that, uh, it could, it could come back. Yeah, it could, it could. So what are your, so you're done with this and you have, have you finished the, in the present tense series? I have. Um, it's just the duology. Uh, originally, I had had an idea to have it as one novel, and it was just too long for my publisher, so that's why it ended up as two. Um, but uh, yeah, that one's pretty much wrapped up. I might revisit for some shorts that I would do as like um, probably freebies for my newsletter people or something. But yeah. Um, but the the main story is wrapped up. So what is on your plate for next year? So. Um, I, keep floating back and forth between two ideas. Um, one of them's completely starting something new. I had uh, um, another young adult um, novel, a contemporary, kind of just a contemporary romance, which is not something I do very often. Um, my first, my debut was a contemporary uh, romance. Um, oh, Girls on the Side? Uh, no, uh, Designs on You. Um, oh, okay. So that's the last con like full contemporary romance that I wrote. And I have an idea for another one. Um, that I might, I, yeah, I gotta let it percolate a little bit more, but I have notes in a, in a folder somewhere. And then I have another one that's like a historical that I, I originally had written as a fan fiction um, that I wanna completely tear apart and rework, um, but it would also take place in St. Augustine, so. I, it's a good know, location. Right, you know, yeah, write what you know, I guess. And it's been around long enough that I can write about all different kinds of things. Oh yeah, especially if it is historical. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like the oldest city in the in the in not the United States, but in North in the American continent, right? Well, yeah, yeah. It's basically how they <laughs> they call it the oldest city, right? But that's because it's the uh, longest continuously occupied European settlement that's uh, it. in the United States. Uh, so we beat out uh, what is it, Jamestown or whatever, by virtue of. We were occupied by the Spanish uh, before we were a colony, before Florida was a colony. Um, so <laughs> people, there were Europeans and, uh, you know, massacring natives uh, <laughs> in the 1500s here. In the so. 1500s, yeah. 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 Um, okay. So <laughs> last time Carrie was on, I read her bio and um, at the very end of her bio, she has a line where she says, she calls Florida America's Wang. And I forgot to ask her about it. And I was so mad at myself. So why do you refer to Florida as America's well, Wang? First of all, I wish I could take credit for that. I did not come up with calling it America's Wang. I think I heard that somewhere else. Um, but I, I have a love-hate with the state that I live in. And it looks like a giant dick. I mean, what <laughs> more do you need? Um, it looks like America's penis and Wang is a funnier way of saying that. And like, and honestly it's in my bio cause it's kind of, um, there's some, I like, I, you know, my publisher's like, include some of your personality. And I'm like, what's more me than dick jokes. I don't know. Um, I, uh, I just, it's, it's more fun to say that than to say I'm from Florida. You know? um, 
Because I'm not, I'm, I don't have like, I'm not from the Florida man part of Florida, right? That's all central Florida. Um, so it's just, it's, it's sweaty and gross and, you know. Yeah, the, it's, a, it's a very different, mainland Florida is very different. I lived in Key West for two years and yeah. just- That's more like, that's more like living on a, like, like in like the Bahamas or something. It's more tropical and more- Yeah, you know, violent. we- we joked that we were we were we were in close proximity to the United States because it doesn't feel like the United States. We felt very isolated. It's a very liberal city. Uh, there's a lot of artists, a lot of writers, a lot of painters, um, musicians. It was just performance art it, actors. It was just wonderful for the soul, and I miss it every single day. And we, you know, we're on all kinds of mailing lists from realtors and we look at houses all the time. And I think so much money, you know, for a, such a small house for mm -hmm. the, you know, for, it's just so much, but excuse me, but uh, it's, it's nice and cool. And, you know, you got, we lived on um, Key Haven, which is one of the little islands. It's like a mile from Key West by the time you bike from the outer edge of the island in. So, you know, it's down the street from the entrance to Key West, but uh, you've got the Gulf on one side and the Atlantic on the other. And so we just leave our windows open all the time and, you know, cross breezes. And yeah. I just absolutely loved it. I, uh, I loved it so much that my next book is set in Key West. So I'm just having a great time. Um, and I keep going down for um, uh, research trips. <laughs> Tell my husband, I, we have to go to Key West. I have, I can't remember how this road looks. Okay, we got into Key West and I take pictures and then we spend <laughs> some time. So, uh, so that's fun. That's fun. Fun. I like that. Um, gosh, I think we, I think we covered everything. Oh, I did it. I covered everything. I didn't forget anything. I usually uh, forget something with somebody, with everybody. So, um, golly. Uh, Oh, kitty. How's your new kitty? She has these kitties and they live outside, but one decided to come inside. Gus? Gus, yeah. Uh, he's downstairs enjoying the fireplace right now because it's a little chilly outside tonight. So uh, he, I, I don't know why he can't convince his sisters and his mother to come in and get warm as well. But uh, yeah, all in all, uh, if we count both the outside and the inside cats, that means we have 10. Uh, a lot of cats. A lot of cats. <laughs> Yeah, it was so funny because you, when you were at my house, it was just like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> Every time I turned, there was another cat. And they were all, well, not all of them. Not all of them loved me. But there was that one, the striped, like, um, brown. You know, he came, went up on the cat. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, kept, every time I was near that, he would come running over, jump up, and then rub his face against me. Yep. and. Yeah, he was real sweet. I love kitties, and my, my husband's allergic, and I think I'm a little allergic because um, my nose bothered me after I left your house. I thought, no, I love oh, kitties. I, I, next time, I keep allergy medicine in my house because of that because I know – well, and I just I, – I, you can't clean the cat hair ever out of everything. No, so. no, even with, uh, even with one or two cats, you still can have issues. And I know with, we used to have a Labrador. We call them Labradorks just because they're ridiculous dogs. But there was just fur everywhere. And for her also, we both had nose issues. Uh, just, just so much fur. But uh, this is good. I'm glad we got to talk about the book. It is really good, everybody. Uh, there'll be links in the show notes. Take a look. And um, gosh, as soon as you have something new again, let me know. 
and you'll come back wow. come back on and and read again and maybe you can come back on and we can talk about girls on the side which is one we haven't talked about yeah definitely definitely that's yeah, I think that's my baby that's my little you know passion project so i'm real proud of that one oh that's a good one to talk about then yeah yeah okay well you have a really nice christmas you too they had your mom i have to have her mom on the show she is sweet romance right that's right sweet historical yeah yeah so oh i like historical so i'll have to yeah. pick out one of her books why don't you text me and tell me which is your favorite and i'll read that one okay i will yeah that sounds good and um uh I will see you soon, I'm sure. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Carrie. You will find a link in the show notes for Carrie's Christmas horror story, The Lights. I recommend that you go check it out. And uh, next week, I will have either me reading from uh, Four Bullets and a Ghost, or I will have an author I'll be interviewing. I am working on setting some things up but it's Christmas time. So uh, instead of um, doing a bunch of episodes early in the month and getting myself ahead, I didn't do that and uh, totally blew it. And now I am scrambling to find somebody for this coming week. So um, I have several possibilities of uh, authors that I think you'll really enjoy hearing about, but uh, I just have to get things going with them. So uh, in the meantime, uh, you will probably hear from me next week, but maybe not. So you'll just have to show up and see. So um, I will see you next week. And uh, in the meantime, go out and read a good book.